You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today is Monday, July the 19th of 2021. I am the St. Louis Cardinals mega fan and your host for the show, Lucas Smith. Thanks for tuning in today and every day that you tune in. And we have an exciting show for you guys today. And it is a good show because we get to talk about a Cardinal win. And a couple of Cardinal wins, actually. The Cardinals take two out of three against the NL West leading Los, or not Los Angeles Dodgers, San Francisco Giants. The Dodgers have been leading and winning the West for so long, I forgot that they're not leading anymore as the Giants are the team to beat in the West. And the Cardinals have beaten them. Great positive thing, and the Cardinals seem to be getting a little bit of momentum as they head into the series, uh, upcoming series against the Chicago Cubs. So before I get any further and tell you about what's on the day's show, uh, be sure to head over to Locked on MLB Prospects because that is one of our sponsors for the day as they are covering every future star in MLB. Host Arm Layton brings you player interviews and farm system breakdowns every single day. Subscribe to Locked on MLB Prospects on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow this podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at LJFastball. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram as well, both at LO underscore Cardinals, and email the show anytime at LockedOnCards at gmail.com. So we have a guest on the show today coming up in a little bit. His name is Brendan Schaefer. Some of you might be following him on Instagram. He's a Cardinals writer for KMOV. Uh, we, we sat down and talked uh, on Friday before the weekend series. So we, we mentioned that, that, that not everything comes up, uh, you know, might, might sort of accurate. But part one of that conversation is today. Today's, you know, albeit, you know, it's, it's kind of ironic um, that right now the Cardinals seem to be playing pretty well, but we talk a lot about what the Cardinals need, um, negatives or holes in the Cardinal roster, if you will. So that's mostly on today. And then tomorrow, be sure to come back in as we celebrate what happened in the first half, kind of split that up into two different parts. So be sure to um, stay tuned for that tomorrow as well as today. But before I do share that um, part one of it today, I want to talk about this weekend. Because the Cardinals pick up a big-time series win against the San Francisco Giants as they take the season series four games to two as they take four out of six. This series win, you could be calling me delusional. You could be calling me beating a dead horse, going insane. Call me what you want. This series win feels different. And I've said pretty much this exact phrase before, that this series win could be momentum-building, but this team still has holes. That statement, in my opinion, is still true. Cardinals still need to find an answer at second base, whether it be Tommy Edmond, Matt Carpenter, a trade piece. This team still needs some bullpen help because outside of the top three, maybe Ryan Helsley, maybe Andrew Miller, the other five or six guys have pretty really been unreliable. Don't think you can rely on Jake Woodford and Johan Oviedo every time out at this stage in their careers. So still some holes to fix. But right now, if this team can get within a little bit of striking distance, and as we sit right now on Monday morning, the Cardinals are nine games out, the Cubs are nine games out, and the Reds are seven games out of first place in the National League Central. I think this team is better than what they showed in June, and this this four-game set against the Cubs could make or break that. They could sink the Cubs, and they could put themselves in a really good position to win. 
or at least be in a better position to win because they're seven and a half out of the wild card right now. The Dodgers hold the top spot. The Padres are in the second spot, and the Giants are in first place in the NL West. A lot of things have to happen. A lot of things have to go right. Things have to go wrong for other teams. But I do think this Cardinal team, with a couple of improvements, again, I note that, with a couple of improvements, could make the playoffs. Long shot. I get that. Really long shot. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say that just because of this series win that the Cardinals are all of a sudden postseason favorites. Because things still need to happen. Things still need to get fixed, in my opinion, uh, for the St. Louis Cardinals. However... Things have been looking well last couple weeks, or at least last week and a half. Take a series against the Giants, look good in the second game against the Cubs, have Wainwright on the mound for game three, then that gets rained out. All-star break, lose game one, but then you take two games in a row against the Giants. Momentum is starting to turn the Cardinals' way, and the Cardinals have a chance to get back up to 500 as they face the Chicago Cubs at home. It's going to be tough with Jake Woodford on the mound, but again, we're talking about the series that was against the Giants. Wainwright made two bad pitches against the San Francisco Giants on Sunday, or on Friday rather, and that kind of cost him his his um, his start, cost the Cardinals the game. Yashemski hit a home run and against Adam Wainwright as well as Lamont Wade Jr. hitting a home run against Adam Wainwright. Yashemski uh, was a solo shot, Wade Jr. was a three-run shot. And the bullpen, it, it seemed odd to me that Mike Schilt didn't go to his big three or his solidified weapons in that game. In a two-run game, when when after Wainwright exited, that was a three-run game. Excuse me, one run right exited. It's still a close game, but you turn to Garcia, McFarland, Miller, and Fernandez. It just seemed odd to not just go to a Helsley, to a Cabrera, to a Reyes. Uh, I was maybe obviously not Reyes in the seventh inning, but still, it just seemed odd that none of those guys made an appearance earlier in that game. And then on Saturday. It was a big offensive night as some offensive pieces are starting to heat up for St. Louis. You've got Paul Goldschmidt on an absolute tear. Paul DeYoung is starting to swing the ball better. Swing, swing the bat better. Excuse me. You've got a lot of guys that are starting to hit the ball a lot better. O'Neill had a home run in that game as well. Carlson seems to be actually hitting the ball with some amount of authority. And KK Kim was absolutely dominant. He goes six, strikes out just one, but able to keep the Giants off the scoreboard. Just three hits, two walks in the night. If KK Kim can pitch to this kind of level of success, Cardinals are going to be just fine. The problem that's going to come to fruition tomorrow is the fact that your big three plus Ryan Helsley are probably going to be unavailable because they all pitched in back-to-back nights. Helsley, Cabrera, Gallegos, and Reyes. So they're probably all unavailable tonight. But you've got a lot of things going right for St. Louis right now. You've got both Pauls starting to heat up. O'Neal starting to heat up. Bader's putting together solid at-bats. His go-ahead RBI hit yesterday was an excuse-me swing, but he put the ball in play, and a good thing happened. When you put the ball in play, good things do happen. Good things are, are starting to come to fruition right now for St. Louis. It'll be a tall, tall road to climb. And after a really sh- tough tough first half, which we'll hear about from um, from Brendan Schaefer and I here in just a moment. Second half was looking a lot better for St. Louis. Momentum's coming St. Louis's way, and with a few trades, this team could at least make it a fight. They could at least make it interesting, put up a fight, and have a little drama to close out the season, uh, and, and in my opinion, that would be a huge success from where they were. 
like I said, a lot of things got to happen. A lot of things got to go right for the Cardinals. A lot of things got to go wrong for other teams. But nevertheless, momentum is coming the Cardinals' way, and they can at least take a ser- two series against the San Francisco Giants, which not a lot of people have been able to do this season. But that is going to do it for, for me right now. Uh, let's turn the conversation over to me and Brendan Schaefer. Again, we talked on Friday about uh, the Cardinals' season. This first half is about the uh, – the first part of it is about the first half of the Cardinals' season – and be honest with you guys, um, Zoom audio d- didn't really save very well. Uh, so so it, it, it's good. It, it works, but it is not the highest quality. So I do apologize in advance. But again, big thank you to, to Brendan for, for helping me out and for having the conversation. So uh, take a quick break. And then on the other side of that break, it'll be me and Brendan Schaefer of KMOV talking some St. Louis Cardinals baseball. Hope you guys enjoy. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can check all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, and all your UFC MMA action, and soon-to-be Olympic action as well. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device today to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right, a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Happy Monday, Cardinal fans. July the 19th, uh, you are listening to the Locked On Cardinals podcast. We have a special guest on the show today, Mr. Brendan Schaefer, Cardinals writer for KMOV. See you joining the show to talk some St. Louis Cardinals baseball. Brendan, how you doing today? Doing good, Lucas. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Of course. It's been a, a questionable first half for the St. Louis Cardinals this year, to, to say the least. And uh, just kind of pull the curtain back for the listeners a little bit. We are recording this on Friday, so we don't know what's happened yet in the Giants series. But I'm sure they swept. I'm sure everything went perfectly fine. I'm sure all the lineups were perfect and that all Cardinal fans were made happy over the weekend. Uh, but, but nevertheless, let's just go ahead and get right into it, Brendan. What's your, your first half assessment of St. Louis as they really haven't met really any expectations they had for them? Yeah, you know, they got off to a pretty solid start and were able to look kind of like the team we expected to see for, I don't know, it seems like it was the first six weeks of the season or so. There was a minute there where the Cardinals found themselves in first place in the National League Central. But from there, the injuries started to creep in toward the end of May, in particular when you lose Jack Flaherty. It seems like that's really when the wheels started to come off for this Cardinals team, and when the starting pitching starts to go, that was the point at which you begin to notice all the other little flaws with the team as well. The offense, the the consistency just hasn't been there from game to game. They show on occasion they're able to get the job done, but it just hasn't been with regularity, and there's really been no great answer for the reason behind it when you have the bulk of the names you expected to have in that lineup, the the lineup, the offense that John Nozalak and company pretty much set up, hand-picked when they had their offseason, it's pretty much been what you've gotten. It just hasn't been the performance that you expected. And then on the pitching side, that's really been the trouble because the Cardinals have scrambled. They've gone through a number of arms trying to find the right mixture, not only in their rotation, but in the bullpen as well. You've had some quality arms at the back of your bullpen, like Alex Reyes, who was an all-star, deservingly so. Hennessy Cabrera's had a nice year, as well as... uh, 
pardon me, as well as uh, Giovanni Gallegos. It's kind of been your big three in the mm-hmm. book. Beyond that, though, you haven't had a lot of consistency. So each area of the team, you can pick out some little issues the Cardinals have had, and it, it leads to where they are right now in a, in, a, in a tie with the Cubs for third place in the division. They're they're way behind the Brewers, and something's got to give if the Cardinals are going to make a push at this point because uh, they're running out of calendar quickly. Running out of calendar, and we're... We're really close to the trade deadline. I mean, at the time of this uh, show being released, we'll be just just about a week and a half from the trade deadline. And, and usually where you're at on July 31st, that's pretty much where you're going to be. I mean, depending on, you know, obviously we as Cardinal fans are spoiled, but we can always look back at 2011 and look back at that run. But those kind of runs we'll talk about a little bit later on. But I think that you, you kind of hit the nail on the head when you mentioned that there's a lot of different issues on this team. And Mozeliak, John Mozeliak uh, kind of went on saying that a starting pitching might be a need for them or might, might be a need that they might address. Do you think that the lack of pitching, obviously the Flaherty injury hurts, do you think the Cardinals just overestimated their pitching depth coming into the season? You know, coming into the season, I don't know if they totally overestimated. There were, there were some calls that I can recall back in spring training from from fans and different folks saying, you know, you might want to add to the depth of your rotation. The Cardinals felt they were comfortable, but I think in part I can understand why they felt that way. You looked at the beginning of the year, and you did have Wainwright. You did expect Flaherty to be there. They were counting on Carlos Martinez, which I thought was maybe a little bit where they erred because I, I remember at spring training thinking maybe this is the year you could switch him to become a bullpen guy again. I was on the train for Carlos Beck in the rotation in 2020, but we saw it. It didn't really work, not with consistency, and so I thought maybe that was an area that they overestimated. But otherwise, I think you had the number of arms. Uh, it's just that when you looked at how they used those arms, you know, Alex Reyes immediately was taken out of that conversation. They moved into the bullpen. That's fine. But if you're going to do that, then you do have to realize, okay, you are a little bit more reliant on a Martinez at this point. Are you really comfortable with Johan Oviedo being your essentially number six guy? Diego Ponce sure, you're probably counting on him, but what's he going to give you? He's gotten hurt. That's not something they expected necessarily. Miles Michaelis, same deal. And so coming into the season, I think there was reason to believe they had the horses. But my problem is when you look at that, that end of May area when they had lost Michaelis again and they had lost Flaherty, and people are saying, well, could you go to the free agent? Well, how, how are you going to get through this next month? And you expect those two arms, Michaels and Flaherty, to be gone for even longer than a month into August. It was the expectation at the time. How are you going to navigate this? And that's where the Cardinals said, you know, we, we just don't think that, we, uh, that the free agency route is one we need to take because you'd have to build the guy up for four to six weeks. And, you know, what's the point by then? Well, we're four to six weeks on at this point, and we're, we're seeing the point, right? The right. Cardinals certainly could have could have used one of those kinds of arms, and and I think that was the point where they where they made the the, the misstep because they kind of did, and Mozilla has even said within the last few weeks was asked again about a month later, you know, what what do you think about the fact that you weren't interested in those free agent type of arms at that point in time? He said, well, I didn't think we'd be in the situation, so. I do think at that point they could have been a little bit more aggressive in trying to fix their need because, yeah, sure, now you might be a little closer to a return for Jack Flaherty. We, we, we may know a lot more by the time this podcast airs if we get to hear from the team on Friday night after the All-Star break what things look like moving forward. They might be able to get Flaherty back relatively soon. Miles Michaelis, maybe he won't be far behind. We don't exactly know for sure, but at this point it's kind of too late, right? You've already lost the ground in the standings over the course of June and the first part of July. And so here you stand, eight games out, potentially more by the time you hear this, and now the Cardinals have to figure out what they're doing going forward. It's a shame, though, that they've lost 
the ground they have because if they were within four to five games, I think certainly you might have a different conversation about where they look at the trade deadline. But now I do think it gets a little bit more complex, the moves that they could potentially make because they don't want to mortgage the future for a, a slim chance at a maybe in 2021. One break in the action to tell you guys about the best tasting protein bar on the market, and that is Built Bar. Built Bar has incredible, delicious, wonderful, mouth-watering flavors. If you haven't heard about them yet, here they are. Coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. They're all covered. And 100% chocolate, they're all incredible. My favorite is the double chocolate. If you haven't tried all the flavors, don't worry, don't stress about it. Just order yourself a mix box to get two of each of the nine flavors. I mentioned all these bars are covered in chocolate. You might think, oh, I don't want to order these. They're not healthy. You'd be incorrect, and I think you should order a box. They're all healthy and tasty. They're 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, just 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors. All tasty, all healthy. Order today. Get the raspberry. Get the double chocolate. Get the strawberry, whatever you like. If you are not enticed yet, Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So go ahead. Get the bars that the Olympians are ordering. You can order it today by going to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Right, I think that that's a good point, too. And the, the way that the playoff picture is looking right now with the NL West hogging the two wildcard spots, it's going to be, in my opinion, division or bust. Like The Cardinals are either going to win this division or they're not going to make the playoffs because I don't see any of the three NL West teams falling off the face of the earth to a point where they don't make a playoff picture. And I think that the Brewers are a great example of a team that had a need made the trade. It wasn't even a, a big trade. They got Willie Adamas, a shortstop from Tampa Bay. He's not a generational talent. He's not a perennial all-star. He's just a solid shortstop. But since they've gotten that one need fixed, they have skyrocketed. The Cardinals, I think, to, you know, the point that you kind of just brought up, had that need in a starting pitcher where they just needed one smaller guy, and then the team would have been, you know, maybe the trajectory changed. Do you think it's too late for a small move like that? If the Cardinals are going to go for it, they need two or three moves? You know, I don't think it's too late. I think that it's often a, a mock situation where you say, oh, well, getting Flaherty back will be just like making a trade. You know, that's not necessarily true, but certainly it'll be a boost to the team. And so you could see where if they make some smaller adjustments elsewhere, it could end up being enough or could be a boost that can help the team go on a bit of a run. Really, I think what the Cardinals need right now is just a little bit of confidence and momentum because offensively, I don't know how many changes you're going to see. Like the the Cubs just traded Jock Peterson to the Braves, so the Braves are basically saying, hey, we're willing to make little moves like that to try to make something happen. Cardinals fans wondering, well, could Jock Peterson have been a fit for the Cardinals? I just think with the names you have on this roster, offensively, they're going to go with who they've got. Like I just don't know that a major move is out there to shuffle things up the, the way the Cardinals want to approach their offense. You could maybe find a, a little platoon advantage if you could add to the, the bench and, and approach your, your middle infield a little bit differently because Paulie Young hasn't been hitting necessarily. Tommy Edmond has, has gone on a downturn, and so they could potentially do something there. But otherwise, I think the Cardinals' moves will be on the pitching staff. And we've seen them try to do that in the bullpen already, mostly with kind of picking up guys off the scrap heap, and it's worked to some extent. Like, you've gotten something out of Wade LeBlanc. Absolutely. K- 
cast off from the Orioles, at least you, you know, some of the starts he's made, he's made, at least he's keeping you in the game. It might only be for three or four innings, but he's getting enough that's like, all right, at least they, they tried, they identified this need, and they get something to try to fill it. It's not always going to be a perfect answer, but at least they're making strides toward that end. I, I do think on the trade side is where the Cardinals could potentially look to find another arm. And it doesn't have to be, you know, okay, this has to be a number two starter. we got to get this kind of starter. we got to – it could just be a guy that you know can be a help to your rotation or to your bullpen because you don't know what August is going to look like. You know, you don't think Carlos Martinez is going to be returning from injury necessarily. He can't return until September anyway. But, like, just throw a bunch of arms at it and worry about where they fit later. I think that would be the benefit to the Cardinals right now. They don't have to go out and identify – this guy's got to fill this exact role. Find a good pitcher that you think can get outs, that you think can throw strikes. I mean, the fact that this pitching staff has led the league in walks and hit batters this year, that's not helping them at all. And so they've tried to identify strike throwers. They've had some degree of success doing so off the scrap heap. I think you do have to be willing to give a little to get, and that might be kind of the next step the Cardinals look to, to take as they approach the trade deadline here in a couple of weeks. Well, you, you mentioned the momentum a little bit as the Cardinals, I think, need a little bit of momentum before the trade deadline because it, maybe this was more true in June than it is now, but the Cardinals' pitching woes and needs were, were out there. Like, they were desperate in June. Everybody knew it. You have no leverage when you have that the, the desperate uh, kind of um, message out there. But now they, they've got a little bit of momentum. They, they took a series against San Francisco. I think they were about to take a series in Chicago before it got quote-unquote rained out. Uh, I was going there for my 21st birthday, and it got you know quote-unquote rained out because of weather. It barely rained a drop in Wrigley, but that's another <laughs> rant and another podcast. Do you think that this team is starting to get momentum and the All-Star break just came at an inopportune time for them? The fact that they did have the All-Star be a benefit for the Cardinals. I know they were starting to play maybe a little bit better, but then again, you know, you really all you did was split against the Cubs. Uh, they did play good, clean baseball against the Giants but in the series previous, and so we'll see how they, they fared against the Giants again and after the break once this uh, podcast airs. We'll have to wait and see, man. I, I think it's fine that the All-Star break was when it was for the Cardinals because – after a first half like that, it'll be nice to just be able to clean the slate and start anew and see how they're able to, to attack the second half because they're, you know, they're right around the 500 mark. It's not impossible. You alluded to 2011. It's, they've been able to do things like this before in St. Louis. You know, this, this is what that looks like. Javier Molina was a part of that. Uh, I not pitching that year, but he was here for that. And so, You've got some veteran presence, and, and certainly guys like Goldsmith, Arenado, maybe they haven't been through those wars, making the postseason as much before they got to St. Louis, but these are two guys that they know how to win, they know how to they know how to play this game. And so I think the Cardinals have the, the mix if they can just play to their, their level of expectation and, and not only fans' expectations for them, but their internal ex- expectations when the season began. I think this team could make it interesting down the stretch. I do agree with what you said, though, about the wild card. The NL West is they've got three teams that I don't see missing the playoffs. And so you got to hope the Brewers come down to you a little bit, and then you've got to find your way up to them. That's basically the formula if the Cardinals are going to make a run of this.